Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Um, and we welcome our online campus, welcome folks here in-house. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, I am Pastor Adam. I'm the lead pastor here at... Yeah, that clap wasn't for me, but thank you, Jay. So look, Jay preached last week and uh, crushed it. Um, yeah, come on. Man, we've got such a talented team of, of communicators. So we're in a series called Summer in Psalms, and um, uh, basically I have taught one week out of six, um, and it's been nice. You can come on up. Uh, it has been so nice. Um, I have got to travel to other parts of the country, visit with other churches. I've worked on vision, mission, and values for our church, uh, kind of redefining those. Um, not that we're off or changing anything that we've been doing. I just think we can be more clear of what and where we're going. And um, we do have a heart. Um, our heart is to continue to spread the gospel. One of the ways we feel like we're supposed to do that is by raising up pastors, by raising up communicators, uh, people that can share the gospel, not just from the platform, uh, but from every um, platform that you're given in your life. Because sometimes you don't need a platform in a church, you need a platform in an office. Sometimes you need a, you need a platform as a first responder. Sometimes you need a platform as a businessman. Sometimes you need a platform as, an, as, as a businesswoman. Because you have influence. Jesus said, preach and teach the gospel everywhere you go. So, um, uh, I'm just going to say this. Uh, one of my favorite people uh, to hear communicate happens to be my wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Pastor Tracy is going to be uh, sharing with you guys this morning her favorite psalm. Uh, and I am excited to hear it. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. I'm off. Awesome. Let me pray. Sorry. Father, right now, I just ask that as Pastor Tracy comes and she gets ready to share the gospel, uh, the hope and the truth of who and what you are. God, I just ask that you open our hearts and lives. God, open our, our world up that we can receive you into it. And we're going to give you praise for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to be here this morning, and I am jacked up on iced coffee. So I'm just going to let you know I need you to talk to me as I'm speaking this morning. Um, I've had two hot cups and two cold cups, so y'all might as well buckle your seatbelt because I am ready to go this morning. <laughs> um, but it's good to have you, um, and it's an honor to be here and be able to speak. Something that um, has always been in my heart is Psalms 91, and that's the one I'm going to talk about today. But I want to do a quick recap. Um, we talked last week, Jay spoke about making a joyful noise, and no matter what you do, even in the mundane task of your day, you always want to make a joyful noise because God is always there. He's our shepherd, and He will guide you through anything. You just have to praise Him. Um, and that actually is a good lead back into Lisa's message that was on, you know, worship and praise is always the answer. So no matter what you're going through, whether it's good or whether it's bad, we always praise Him. We praise Him in the valleys. We praise Him on the mountain. We praise Him in between because they're always coming and going through life. Um, that's just the way it is here on earth. Um, then Pastor Adam spoke about when you seek the Lord, He will answer. And that we just sang that song. You know, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He answered me. You know, and that's why I trust Him. That's why I praise Him. And then week two, JC spoke about worshiping with your own voice. And... 
I think that's a good thing to talk about because, you know, we all have our own voice. We all have our own calling and we're all different. I mean, you've heard six different people up here over the last few weeks and we all sound different and we all have different voice inflections, but we all have a calling and you have a calling. And so use your voice to worship God and to, to answer your calling. And then I'm going backwards because week one was about the storms of life. And Jay preached about, you know, being in the boat, the disciples that were in the boat when the storm came and Jesus was asleep, you know, laying on his pillow with his teddy bear and stuff, you know. And he, he talked about how all we have to do is just trust God and hang in there because Jesus is at the helm. He's got this thing. Um, and, and this kind of led me into my introduction. I want to talk a little bit about my very first storm that I remember in my life. Um, so when I was about four years old, we went to the beach, my parents and I um, went to the beach here in North Carolina, not in the Midwest or anything. And you'll know what I mean in a minute when I explain this. Um, so we were um, going to the early bird special, you know, when the restaurants first opened at the beach. And we pulled up, and there was a storm brewing in the background. I mean, you could hear it, and you could see it, and it was—it looked like, you know, you know those that are going to be really, really bad, right? And they always come at 5 o'clock, you know, right around 5 o'clock because you're stuck at work, and you're waiting on the storm to pass, or either you brave it, and, not me, but you brave it and get out in it and try to make it home anyway. But um, so my dad went to the restaurant door, and he knocked on the door, and he asked if we could come in. And they're like, no, we're closed. And he said, well, my family's in the car and there's a really bad storm coming. We won't, we won't order anything or expect any service. We just need to come in and be in a shelter. And they wouldn't let us in. So um, then we go back to the car. The storm gets worse. The wind picks up. The rain starts raining really hard to the point where you could not even see out of the car windows. I mean, it was raining. It was blowing. And then suddenly the car starts to spin. And yeah, at four-year-old, I'm like freaking out. Well, you know, as a kid, your parents are your covering. And, you know, when your covering breaks down, your earthly covering breaks down, it's kind of scary because my mom, and she might be listening this morning, she's probably laughing right now, she lost her mind, y'all. She flipped completely out. And she tries to get out of the car. And she's going, I got to get out. I got to get out of the car. And my dad is like, holding her by the arm, pulling her back in. I mean, the car's spinning like this way and this way and we're sliding across the parking lot and she's trying to get out. And he's like holding her in and I'm in the back seat going, are we going to die? And he's shoving me back down in the floorboard because he's like, they're not, you know, we don't know if the windows are going to bust out or what's going to happen, you know? But the crazy thing was, it felt like this went on for about an hour, but it probably was only two or three minutes. And... The wind stopped and the rain stopped and everything calmed down. When we opened the door, the car was on the other side of the parking lot. The, the trees, all the trees were down, laid across each other, but nothing touched the car. Not a scratch, not a dent. I mean, barely any leaves on the car, you know. And I mean, that's God's hand in the storm. And I just, I wanted to share that with you because that was one of my very earliest memories. And it stuck with me. If you know me very well, you know I'm scared of storms. Well, that's why. Y'all know why now. <laughs> so when y'all had this tornado thing and I was out of town the other day, I'm texting everybody in the church going, are y'all okay? You know, is everything okay? Because I'm flipping out thinking, oh my gosh, y'all going to get struck by a tornado or something. But, you know, God watched after us. He still did. 
Um, so right after that, probably a year or two after that, um, my parents went through a divorce. So as a young child, elementary school, I think I had just started kindergarten, and they went through a divorce, which also led me to a lot of anxiety. And I think um, it took a while. It took several visits to the doctor and several scans at children's hospitals and things like that to realize that I had internalized all the stress of a divorce. And I didn't talk about it, so everything was caving in on me, and I was keeping it in. And so the, um, the last doctor I went to, and uh, my mom, I'll, I know she'll remember this, but um, the last doctor I went to said, well, we have results, and she's got juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, and she'll probably be in a wheelchair by the time she's 20. I'm over 50, and here I am standing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and thank God for that. And I thank God for for my mom and the wisdom that God gave her to refuse that over my life because as my covering, she said, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not going to accept that. And I remember sitting on that crunchy paper table and she just picks me right up and walks out the door and said, I'm not talking about this anymore. And she left with me. And, you know, it took a little while to figure out really the root of it, but it was, a lot of it was psychological. It was affecting me physically. Well, you know, after going through a you know, a traumatic storm and literally having like PTSD from it. Um, and then a divorce soon after that. And then fighting an illness after that. You know, that becomes something that gets into your identity. You know, it becomes something that you feel like is a constant shadow. Even as an adult, I feel like sometimes or did, there's this just this constant foreboding. And if you're not familiar with the word foreboding, it is like, you knew, I know you've all had it. Like something bad's always about to happen. Like there's just this cloud. And you don't ever know. It's like something's coming. I don't know when, but it just feels weird. And then you play out all these worst case scenarios for every questionable situation that comes along in your life. So is everybody relating to that? Like that, I still live in that sometimes. I still fight that. So I know, I know this isn't a stranger to you either. So... When I finally, when I came across Psalms 91, like, this was the, this was the thing that kind of changed me. I call it my lifeline scripture, because there's 150, I think, Psalms, and this is not only my favorite Psalm, but it's also my favorite scripture of all, and I just want to talk to you about it and let you know what I take from it, and I hope that you can take something from it today, too. So, the first half of it, or the first portion of it, the psalmist is speaking about the things that God does for him. And that's also for us, but it's speaking through the psalmist. Um, The second part is where God's going to speak to us, but we're going to just break these things down um, a couple verses at a time and just kind of talk about it. And I'm going to just share with you what God revealed to me, and I hope that it'll speak to you also. So verses 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the shelter... The Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. So it says in the beginning, He who dwells. So that's a word we know, but what does dwell really mean? So when you dwell, you think about a dwelling as somewhere that you go that's a secure place, right? Your house, the place you go that's home, it's home base, it's where everything's safe and everything's okay. Well, the same thing with God. You want to dwell in God. And this is when we choose 
where we're going to be. It's just like buying a house. I know a couple of y'all just bought houses recently. Back here. Um, and what you're looking for, you're looking for a house that's got a good tax value because you want a return on your investment. You want something that's valuable that you're actually going to benefit from. If you're planning on having kids or you have kids, you want those kids in a good school district. You want them to go somewhere where they're getting a good education, where things are, are the way that you want it to be for them. And then, you know, you also want to make sure that that house has been inspected and it's passed an inspection because if you've got something underlying in your foundation, your house is no good. You know, it's going to break down. And that's the things, when we talk about dwelling with God, it's so really important. This determines your level of protection against the enemy and all, all the ways that he attacks. So dwelling is putting yourself in a safe place. And with God, that just means fully committing to him. And so when you, if you think about a storm, you know, you're not going to open your door and stand halfway in your house and halfway outside during a storm. You have to fully commit. You have to fully put yourself under his covering. And to do this, you want to spend consistent time alone with God. You want to talk to him. Um, you want to simply just commune with him. Like, And communing is just basically talking to him like throughout your day, just little things through your day. Jay, last week you said something about cleaning toilets and just praising the Lord. Well, you know, we talk to God, we commune with God like just like He's right beside us. And we want to do that in all ways. And then you want to stop and listen, like ask Him to speak to you. And He will, he will speak to you in, in this, you know, kind of a Holy Spirit voice. Or He'll show you in, in things that He does for you. But He will talk back to you. So now that we know what dwelling means, the question is left to say, you know, how do we dwell? So I have, I have three things that I've pulled from this. And we're going to talk about that real quick. The first thing is you're going to choose. You're going to choose to put yourself under his covering. You know, God's all about choices. And we have to choose to trust him and turn to him for answers. Because when the question comes, you know, who do I trust? Who do I believe? The answer always has to be God. Which brings me to number two is believe. You want to believe that He's your source of protection. Only the God of the universe, Almighty God, has the power to protect you from all things. You know, we're parents and we cover our children and we cover our households, but God is our ultimate covering. He is the one that we rely on when things go sideways. Then the third thing is speak. Now this one I'm going to sit on a minute because I, I can't tell you how important it is to speak the Word of God over things during times of trouble especially. You believe what you say more than what you think. You believe what you say more than what other people say. So speaking out loud, you want to engage your senses. You want to hear your voice with your ears and, and speak it out with your voice because God gave us those things. And this drowns out that voice in your head that is constantly chattering at you and telling you all these things that are like causing your brain to be fogged. And that's where our battle lies, right? All of it's in our minds. You know, we have some outside battles, but a lot of times it comes down to what's inside your head. So we're going to verse 3 and 4. It says, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. So we're going to break that down into three parts here. 
So if you think about a fowler, the fowler is the same thing as a trapper. So I like to relate that. We have a lot of people who hunt and fish in our congregation. So I like to, I like to relate that. You know, when you are trying to trap your prey, I know that, that my, my guys, Adam and Brandon, they hunt and fish. And especially during hunting season, you know, they'll start like, like right now, like in August or whatever, and they'll put out feeding plots and they'll plant things that draw the deer in that they like, you know, the things that the deer like. And they'll put these trail cams up. I know y'all know what trail cams are. They'll put these trail cams up. And Brandon will go pull these SD cards and he gets his computer and he loads his computer and, and he starts going, well, this monster came in at 2 a.m. And this one, so they're tracking that. They're, they're drawing them in and they're studying. They're studying when exactly that prey is coming in. And then they're going to sit and wait in a stand. Yeah. And sometimes that's all day. Sometimes they'll go in the morning and they won't come back till the afternoon and they will sit there all day. Now, I went one time, one time, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to go back because I cleared my throat. And Adam was like, you can't be doing that out here. You're just scared the deer away. So I'm like, I just cleared my throat. He's like, stop talking. <laughs> so I just was like, you know, I think that I'm going to stay home and just make goodies for when they come back. Because that's more my thing. But um, anyway, they'll sit there all day and wait on that. Well, the enemy does that exact same thing to you. The enemy will come in and he will study you. And he will learn your weaknesses. And he will find the things that draw you in. And then he's just going to plant it and sit back and wait. And we take the bait. Sometimes we do. We had a message about that a few weeks ago. Don't take the bait. Because the bait's fake. It doesn't matter what. If it's not God's Word, it's the enemy and it's fake. So don't take the bait. Don't be fooled by the, the fowler or the trapper. Um, it also says that He will cover you with His pinions. And under His wings you'll find refuge. Well, my favorite example of this is if you've grown up on a farm or ever been on a farm and you watch a hen, a mother hen and her chicks. You know, the hen is kind of wandering around pecking the ground and the babies are, you know, they're kind of scattered out and about. But if she hears, if that mama hears danger in the distance, if she hears a hawk, if she hears anything that's going to come and, and take her babies or endanger her babies, then she, she's going to call them. And she's not, she's not fretting around going, come here, come here, you know, gathering them each individually and pulling them into a place. She stands in a spot and she opens her, her wings up and she cries to them. And they know the sound of her voice. And they know that that sound means there's danger. And those babies run into her wings and she covers them. And that's what God does for us. He covers us. But He's going to stand there and call you. He's not going to come and just, you know, cherry pick you off the ground. He's going to stand there and call you. And we have to know His voice. We have to know where our dwelling is and where our safety is. And that's how we run to Him. Now, this one threw me a little bit, y'all. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Well, I had to look up a buckler because, you know, that sounded like a belt. And my memory of a belt was not a good thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. There was one particular belt that was, my mom would go to put it on her pants. And I'm like, please don't wear that one. It just reminds me of bad things. Um, but a shield was easy because I've seen Captain America, you know, yeah, fans, I got gotcha. you. 
Um, I've seen Captain America, and a, a shield is something that you guard your body against something against ammunition, bullets or arrows or things that are coming at you from a distance, right? Well, God's our shield, but when He says He's a buckler, I had to look up what that means. And a buckler is actually, it's actually a device that goes on your hands. And it's for close hand-to-hand combat, close combat fighting. And this is what restrains or fights off the enemy himself. So like, sometimes those arrows are coming at you from a distance, but sometimes, sometimes we're fighting from the lion's den, right? And sometimes you feel like God, I mean, not God, God's there, but you feel like the enemy, the devil, is just strangling you, like his hands are around you. And the buckler that God says he is, is how we use those weapons to get his hands off of us. So, so whether it's coming from a distance or whether the enemy has you around the neck in a chokehold, God's there and he will take care of you through that. Verses 5 and 6 says, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. So these are four major categories that the psalmist lists that are ways that the enemy can attack us. And most the, most of the things you can think of fall into one of these general categories. And the first one he mentions is the terror of night. Evil that comes by way of man. This is things like war, murder, terrorism, abuse of all kinds. Anything that man can do to you personally. That is called the terror of the night. That's the first way the enemy will come to attack. The second one is arrows by day. These are personal wounds like guilt, shame, self-confidence issues, temper, fear, rebellion, all these kind of wounds, offenses, anything like that. And, you know, that to me is the, one of the hardest ones because, you know, we take those things into our person and, and it becomes problems with our identity. But we have to remember these arrows are just attacks of the enemy. We have to stand on God's word. So number three is pestilence and darkness. These are things like sickness or disease. You know, we've got pandemics and, you know, diseases and then rumors of new pandemics and all these things flying around that the the world, we've got so much information now. Back in the early days, you know, it happened and it happened and they got through it and they went on. They didn't have that foreboding thought of fear sitting out there because somebody had fed them all of this information, you know, saying that this is going to happen and you have to worry about it. The other thing that this is, is genetic inheritances. You know, a lot of times we'll say, well, my dad had it and Papa had it and Aunt Becky had it, you know, and, and I'll probably have it too. And I hear people say that all the time. I have friends that say that all the time. I'm like, don't say that. You know, you have to speak life over yourself. So be careful, you know, what you say because we don't live under, under generational curses. You know, we have the ability to speak life and speak God over that. And the fourth one is destruction that wastes at noonday. And these are like natural things that just happen that we can't control, like storms or tragic car wrecks, floods, plane crashes, things like that. You know, those things will come, and we have to get through those, and that's when we trust God and we rely on Him. Verses 7 and 8 
says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. And I like to think of this as God's umbrella, you know, out in the rain. And, you know, if you've ever been out in the rain, caught out in the rain, usually it happens at the grocery store when you got a basket full of groceries and you're trying to get them in the car. But you're standing there with your umbrella. You, sometimes people will tell you, you know, oh, it's just not, you have to just rebuke it. It's not really there. No, that storm's there. That rain is there and it is falling all around you with drops of 10,000s at your right hand and your left. They're falling. It's there and you hear the thunder and you hear the wind, you feel the wind, but you're not wet because you're under the umbrella of God's covering. Um, it says the recompense of the wicked. You'll see that. And, and basically that's saying, you know, as, as you're covered under this umbrella, when you look around you, all the things that came to attack you, you will actually see them. You'll see God's, God's justice served. He will serve justice to the things that come to harm you. And you'll actually be covered from that, but you'll get to see that. And he says, you'll see it. And so there's something to me about closure and you know, knowing that God's going to take care of that and he's going to show his justice. Verses 9 through 13 says, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You'll tread on the lion and the adder, and the young lion and the serpent you'll trample under your foot. So, because you dwell, this is so powerful, because you dwell in God, it starts because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. Nothing can come near your tent. And your tent is your house. And your house is like, it can be your physical house. It's your family. It's your job. It's your health. It's your emotions. It's your mind. It's your finances. It's anything that you control. And these things, just like the lion and the adder, they're, they come in acting like they're more powerful than you. But God's power is so much stronger. And he, they won't be allowed to harm you. You have authority over them. And there's history of, of this. You know, we hear things a lot of times that are explained away like phenomenons or coincidences, but these are really God's miracles, you know, in our life today. And, you know, I remember the one that stands out to me is when the Israelites, you know, they, the angel of death was coming to take the firstborn male of every family. And God told them, He told them through Moses, you know, slaughter a lamb and put the blood over your doorway. Well, that angel of death was coming, and that blood kept him at bay. And now, this day, we have Jesus' blood that keeps the enemy at bay. His, he is still true to his word. So these last three verses, this is where the mirror image happens, where the first part is when the psalmist is speaking. This last three verses is where God is talking back in first person to the psalmist, and he's telling him the promises that he'll give him. So, if you want to, we'll read that, and then I want to just remind you about choose, believe, and speak. So, behold, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him, because he knows my name. And when he calls to me, I will answer him, and I will be him 
in, be with him in trouble, and I'll rescue him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I want to keep that verse up. We can go back to 14 real quick, if you don't mind. Um, if you think about this, because he holds fast to me, that's your choose. That's choose. Because he holds fast to me, in love I'll deliver him. Because he knows my name, that's your belief. You believe in the name of Jesus and in the name of God and that he will cover you. And then it says, when he calls to me, that's speak. That's choose, believe, and speak right there. That's where God is saying, when you do these three things, here comes my promises. And I'll bring those promises up real quick. We'll just run through them. There's seven of them. He says in these three verses, I will deliver, I will protect, I will answer, I will rescue, I will honor, I will satisfy, and I will save. And salvation means save. And that can be your spirit. He saves our spirit, but He also saves us here on earth. And He's, you know, He speaks in first person because I think He is, I think these are designated promises for these end times. Where we're living right now, we're, Things are scarier than ever, and things are more uncertain than they have ever been before. And God is saying, this is a cause and effect. When you do this, I will do this. I mean, how can we not love and obey a God that takes such good care of us like this? He wants us to come to Him out of a heart of obedience, not because He made us do it, but because we love and worship Him so much. So, how do we apply dwell? I'm going to recap that is choose, believe, and speak. I keep saying that because I want that to be what you take home with you today. So take that note if you need to. And honestly, we have three actions and God has seven promises. So you're like more than doubling your money on that today. You know, we only have three things to do and he's going to give us a double portion, right? A double portion. So when we choose, we dwell in his presence under his covering. When we believe by faith, these promises are for us. And then when we speak, when we speak, we bind things with our words. We bind our thoughts. Because either you're, you're going to bind your thoughts or your thoughts are going to bind you. But something's going to be bound in this situation, right? So why not take that and take hold of those thoughts? So, you know, and if your parents, you know, you are the earthly covering of your family and your children. You know, you pray over your kids and you cover them and you teach them these things, then they can hold fast to that as they grow up and they're... And, and fight their own fight as adults. But if you're out in the middle of a battlefield today, maybe you feel like you're out there and you don't have a shield, and you don't have a buckler, but you, you know, no shield, you're just running from the darts. And that's a terrible feeling. What you need right now is a dwelling place. And you can choose to dwell in God. Or maybe you do have a dwelling place, but it feels kind of like a leaky shack. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to put a for sale sign up. Maybe you need to find a secure dwelling and God is the place that you run to. Move under His covering because this is where we're protected and this is where we find peace. So I want to just close with a little bit of a prayer this morning. If you could just bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. God, our good Father, You're Yahweh and You're willing and able to provide and protect your people who choose, believe, and speak your words and promises. We recognize you as our source and our shield, and we ask that you help us to learn to run to you and attach ourselves to you wholeheartedly. You're the one who saves us. 
Help us to remember that it is, it is always well because you hold us close and you've overcome the world. We don't have to be fearful or anxious because you're there wherever we go when we choose to dwell in you, God. And while your heads are bowed, I just want to ask people this. And maybe you're here today and you don't know this peace or this peace giver or this giver of protection. But God's calling you right now. And if you feel that draw in your heart, today we want to give you an opportunity to know Him. So whether you're here or online, if you want to accept Jesus as your Savior while no one's looking, we won't embarrass you. We will not call you out. But just as a a sign unto God from you, just slip your hand up or raise your hand with the online button because we want to pray with you this morning. And we don't do that alone here at Thrive. We pray together because we're a family. So if everybody would, just say this prayer. And and if you're one of those who's raised their hands and you want to commit your life to Jesus, just mean this. Just say it to yourself, out loud to yourself. Mean it in your heart. And that's all it takes to receive God. And He will be there for you. So let's pray. Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I need and want Your forgiveness. I believe that You died for my sins. I recognize that Your grace and mercy is a gift. You offer it to me because of Your great love. Cleanse me and make me Your child. By faith, I choose to receive you in my heart. As the Son of God and Savior of my life. Amen. And we just want to praise with those who did that this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you made this decision, yeah. If you made this decision, we're going to throw up a... um, email here. We would love for you to just reach out to us at amen at thrivechurchonline.com. Tell us what you did this morning. You know, if you gave your life to Jesus, if you read, rededicated your life yeah. to Jesus, let us know because we want to celebrate that with you and we want to answer any questions and we want to help you get off to a really good start on your new journey. Absolutely. Pastor. And first of all, great job. Come on. I will. Uh, I liked it enough. I'll go home with you. Um, we're married if you don't, sorry, it's the way church rumors get started or just like that. Um, man, we want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.